0: Get ready to hear the truth about America on a show that's not immune to the facts with your host, Dan Bongino. Finally, some positive developments. Yes, we all could use some positive news in these troubling times. I've got a lot for you today, ladies and gentlemen. Don't go anywhere. Today's show is sponsored by ExpressVPN. Protect your online data today. Protect it now at expressvpn.com slash Bongino. Welcome to the Dan Bongino Show. Producer Joe, how are you today? Fine, sir. Well, man, I'm just hanging in there trying to fight the good fight and doing well, I might know. I know you are. Mm -hmm. And I will put a smile on your face today. I have not briefed Joe before the show about the good news. I want him to hear it first, too. But there is some positive developments out there. There are, excuse me, positive developments out there. I got that. I've got some economic news as well. Um, Again, I'm not going to do 24-hour corona. You can go to a lot of cable news stations. For that, we're going to cover some different stuff. I also got an interesting piece of video. Don't go anywhere at the end. This totally out-of-touch elitist snob on school choice. You're like, damn, with all this going on, school choice right now? No, no, it's a short video, but I promise you. The way this woman talks about poor people is epidemic of the liberal ethos about how stupid you all are so stay you know that's what they believe stay tuned for that I don't go anywhere all right, today's show brought to you but he's at genucell hey you've been dreaming about a retinol product for those red patches and blemishes without the harsh side effects we have the product for you but lisa from athens georgia has already figured that out she's saying this redness on my face after i've been using genucell rr is gone my skin is clearer and brighter i'm so happy i started using the product thank you Shamini. introducing the brand new genucell what is rr Redness Repair. This groundbreaking cream is infused with the next generation retinol effects to dramatically reduce the appearance of redness, hyperpigmentation, and blemishes. Nobody wants those. And the good news is it's effective like retinol, but without any side effects. Click or call now. And the Cell Redness Repair is yours free for ordering the classic Cell plant stem cell therapy for bags and puffiness. go to GenuCell.com and enter my special promo code DAN30. That's DAN30 at checkout. And with the Shamani Promise, you only have the redness, bags, and wrinkles to lose, or 100% of your money back. Visit GenuCell.com, GenuCell.com, that's GenuCell.com, promo code DAN30. All right, Joe, let's go. There's that confounded bell. There you go. I know, we are <laughs> not giving up our bell, even nope. in these times of crisis here. Ladies and gentlemen, there is some good news out there. Please spread the word so we can start to stem some of the volume and tidal wave of bad news that's getting everybody super depressed, starting to take a dramatic toll on our mental, physical health, yeah, our man. economy and elsewhere. Mm-hmm. We're in a crisis time, no doubt, serious situations being dealt with, but there are some positive developments. Let's get right to a Washington Examiner piece. I'm going to play a video in a second describing this better, uh, but please read this. Go to our show notes, Bongino.com newsletter. If you want to subscribe to the show notes, I'll send you these articles every morning. I heard about this a long time ago. I'll tell you why in a minute. Can I talk about that, Paula? Without getting, okay, I have to, you'll understand why I had to ask my wife's permission there, my co-producer here in a minute. Washington Examiner headline: Malaria drug sees promising signs as future coronavirus treatment. Now, you don't need to hear it from me. What this malaria drug is now works. I'm going to play some video from Tucker Carlson show last night with the actual MD medical doctor who uh, was involved in this research, talks about it himself. It's a short copy it will explain to you. But I, before we get to this this drug, hydroxychloroquine, chloroquine, sorry. Hydrox- hydroxychloroquine. We had heard about this a little bit ago, and the reason is, for those of you who want to know a little bit more about my life here, uh, my wife has a manageable condition and takes that drug now. And is... Um, all over the research about corona she is she just my wife is a natural preparedness person hurricane season she's reading about her she knows more about hurricanes than almost anybody else i know same thing with corona she had read about this week ago. i was hesitant to put it out there because i'm i'm obviously not a medical professional i'm not here to give people medical advice but this drug it appears from the early and i want to emphasize early results Hydroxychloroquine seems to be working effectively in the early results. Listen to this doctor. This is some very, very good news. Check this out. Hydroxychloroquine has been on the market for over 50 years with a quality safety profile. And I'm here to report that as of this morning, about five o'clock this morning, a well-controlled, peer-reviewed study carried out by the most eminent infectious disease specialist in the world Didier Raoult, MD, PhD, out of the south of France, in which he enrolled 40 patients. Again, a well-controlled, peer-reviewed study that showed a 100% cure cure rate against coronavirus. Huge. Huge. Huge news. The news gets even better. Again, these are early results, but that's a Involved active medical professional professionals on the Tucker Carlson show last night talking about dramatic results. What's the even better news? Ladies and gentlemen, this drug has been around forever. Mm. And it, relatively speaking, compared to other therapies, is super cheap and apparently easy to produce. It's been around for malaria, for in my wife's cases, immune disorders of the immune system. I don't need to go into any specifics, but she's fine. It's a mad, but I've mentioned it kind of before on the show. Amazing. There is some positive, are some positive developments out there, folks. We don't need to be doom and gloom 24-7. It's not helping. Let's man, just get the man. facts. Let's digest the facts. Let's appropriately gauge our risk based on that fact, the facts and the data out there, and let's get on with our lives. But to get on with our lives in a reasonable fashion, we have to know the risk and adjust our behavior accordingly. There are some positive developments. We don't need 24-hour doom and gloom. Please. More good news. This is the good news segment. <laughs> Time, which I rarely put a Time magazine. The first U.S. company has announced an upcoming home COVID-19 test for the Wuhan virus from China. This is great news. Apparently, if this is legitimate, gets all the necessary approvals and can bump up production in time, you could be able to test yourself at home. Again, there are some positive developments for people's own psychological and mental health. We don't need 24-hour doom and gloom. We need facts and data to appropriately gauge our risk. Oh, boy. More good news. Apparently, plasma treatments are having some effect. Plasma from recovered patients Hmm. given to people infected with the Wuhan virus. More good news. Apparently, there's a Japanese antiviral. Again, let me emphasize early stage research. A Japanese antiviral drug is apparently having, oh, we can't say Japanese. Gosh, that could be racist too. The liberals may jump on us there. A Japanese antiviral drug may be having some extremely positive effects on decreasing the progression of the disease and the viral load. Folks, what we need to do now is get the word out there that we're in the process now due to this global effort to bridge the process to a, to a, um, to a vaccine, excuse me. If we can bridge the process from the outbreak to the development and and widespread use of a vaccine with treatments, we may be effectively able to get our arms around this and stop what has been one of the biggest global crises of our time. I'm not talking about the the risk level of the virus or anything else. I'm not gauging your health. I'm saying the crisis now is real. Mm -hmm. Regardless of what the Data shows later on about the fatality rate and the contagiousness level, the R0 of the virus or not, it is now bled over into the job market, the financial market, international relations. It's now real. We now need to stem the flow of negative information with some positive stuff so we again, we can get back to some sense of risk assessment here and normalcy in our lives before the domino effect gets even worse. We needed that. Showing you again why, again, the response hasn't been perfect. Everybody will acknowledge that it never is in a crisis. If it was, we wouldn't have a crisis. Of course. The essence of emergencies that are unexpected and information flow in the beginning is typically poor. Not helped at all, Joe, by the fact that China hid some of the information, as I discussed yesterday on the show. And the WHO, the World Health Organization, which I'll show you in a little bit, too tweeted out some information that was inaccurate as well. So, you know, putting this all in the lap of Donald Trump and going, oh, my gosh, the early stage response wasn't perfect, despite the fact that the information was not only imperfect, but in fact wrong from a lot of these global, quote, experts, is asinine. But showing you again what Trump has had to deal with, President Trump, in the fight against this virus, here's an article in the Wall Street Journal something I have talked about for years. If you go back and listen to early campaign speeches I did when I was running for Senate in Maryland, this is not new. I'm not a Johnny come lately on this Thomas Burton, wall street journal, Trump sought to expand virus drug testing over FDA objections is a real piece plan would have expanded the use of investigational drugs for coronavirus, FDA officials said, but FDA officials said the plan would pose a risk to patients. Folks, the FDA is an out of control bureaucracy. They do two things now, and they should be doing one. Right now, they're in charge of the safety of a drug and the efficacy of a drug. I get it. We should be, we should have some national consensus on the safe use of drugs. We don't want to import. We we don't want another disaster like we had with thalidomide. But efficacy, we'll leave that up to doctors. In other words, Joe, once the FDA has determined a drug is generally safe, Mm -hmm. why is it up to them to determine the efficacy? Let the doctors determine that. And they see it firsthand. Yeah. No, I'm serious, right? Right. I mean, pretty common sense. If a doctor thinks an off-label use for a drug is going to work and it's having positive results, then why are the FDA bureaucrats getting involved? Trump has said, and this article is terrific, he's made a simple point. Listen, if this drug is safe and some doctor or intelligent researcher working with a medical staff thinks some drug, a malaria drug like hydroxychloroquine, will have an effect on corona and it's safe, then let them do their thing. The patient has to consent. This isn't, you know, we're not going to be doing medical experiments on people without their permission. But again, Trump is dealing, President Trump is dealing with an entrenched bureaucracy. The media, of course, wants to cover for all that. Why, Joe? Because they Mm -hmm. love the entrenched bureaucracy because they're liberals. Mm -hmm. That's what they do. They love the state, state power. They hate individualism and individual choice. That's why the media, outside of the journal and others, will generally avoid these types of stories. Oh, you didn't hear about that? Trump's been fighting with the FDA to get drugs out there? No, No, of course you didn't hear about that, but you'll hear about it here. All right. I want to cover other news. There's other stuff going on. I will get back to, of course, we have our daily fake news propaganda alert update. Always. Today's uh, portion of the show, what will it be? The, the D block, if we're in TV terms. <laughs> they, A block, they go by letters. The D block of today's show. Yes. It's extensively populated with media stupidity, talking heads, humiliating themselves on the air. Before we get to that, I want to get to some other stuff because there are other things going on. Um, The left, of course, Joe, never let a crisis go to waste. You know how they are. Yeah. Um, Eric Holder and others, former Obama administration attorney general, in the midst of the primary season is out there advancing with Stacey Abrams, uh, losing gubernatorial candidate from Georgia is out there advancing this perpetual liberal myth that Republicans are engaged in active voter suppression. Don't let you know, listen. They never, ever crises. You know, they, whatever they say, uh, you know, the beatings will continue until morale improves. They don't care. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Doesn't matter. Call Rove as a piece up in the Wall Street Journal. It's a good one. It's worth your time if you're a subscriber there talking about how, yes, they are now trying again to raise money on the fantasy that Democrats are suppressing the vote. Quote, Carl Rove, headline, the voter suppression smear is back, but local Democratic Party officials are to blame for long rates in in recent primaries. What happened? What's the story? The Texas primary, folks, there was a gentleman apparently in Texas who had to wait upwards of five to six hours to vote. So of course, Eric Holder and Stacey Abrams taking advantage of a situation and stupid people who don't do their research said, oh my gosh, this man happened to be a minority. This was definitely voter suppression. Definitely. And look, Texas is run, Texas is run by Republicans. You ever notice that when you ask someone from Texas where they're from, you say, Texas. Oh yeah. <laughs> Texas. I love that. The two. Texas is run by Republicans. So, of course, Eric Holder, noted political hack, destroyer of common sense everywhere he goes. <laughs> Definitely voter suppression. Little bit of a problem, as Karl Rove indicates in the piece. Of course, when you actually do your homework on it, which Eric Holder expects you won't do because if you're a liberal, homework isn't really your thing. You just accept liberal talking points, even though all of them are false because you like being lied to or you're a liar yourself. When we dig into the story, we find that this happened in Harris County. Well, why does that matter? Well, because the Harris County clerk and their election officer, Diane Troutman, are Democrats. And they were in charge of Super Tuesday's vote. Wait, wait, wait. Hold on, keep that up for a second. So you're yeah. telling me where this guy was kept from voting allegedly for six hours that it was run by two Democrats? That was kind of left out of Eric Holder's email, which is more hysterical because this lady, this Democrat ran for office promising to consolidate voting locations so people could cast ballots at, quote, countywide voting centers rather than at their precincts. So the Democrat lady caused the chaos. Again, left out of Eric Holder's email. Democrat, Miss Troutman's staff, this is unbelievable. She gave Republicans and Democrats the same number of machines at Texas Southern. Though any rookie would know that that site would have a much larger Democrat primary than Republicans. I'm going to add Democrat, Ms. Troutman, could also have listened to GOP officials who urged her that machines be allocated to locations based on historical turnout. Kind of common sense, no, Joe? Yeah. Maybe we should put the voting machines, show where people vote. Instead, she overruled them. Again, Democrat Ms. Troutman. Conveniently left out of lying Eric Holder's email. Oh, one more. It turns out that Mr. Rogers, the voter who had to wait six hours, was ineligible to vote. He's a felon on parole. And under Texas law, he was not allowed to register until he completes his sentence in mid-June. Apparently, the Democratic tax assessor and collector and voter registrar didn't check the county's records while he was trying to vote when he signed up. Again, don't let these facts and data, ladies and gentlemen, if you're a liberal, get in the way of your litany of stupid, dopey narratives you expect us all to believe like we're suckers, like your liberal base who falls for this crap all the time. He's forced to wait for six hours. He wasn't eligible to vote. Doesn't matter. Doesn't matter. Voter suppression by Republicans. The county's run by Democrats who made the voter booth allocation decision. Doesn't matter. Doesn't matter. Definitely GOP voter suppression. No doubt. Do you realize how dumb you have to be to be a liberal? (laughs) You are on the wrong side of every single, I can't, I'm not kidding. Every single issue. I cannot think of a single issue. Anything you say makes sense on anything. 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 We need socialist medicine, man. Look at this Corona app. This is great. It started in a communist country, you morons. This epidemic is out of control right now in a country that has nationalized healthcare. Are you not following the news or are you following it and too stupid to process the bits coming your way? There's no option C here. Oh, my. Gosh, again, they're hoping in the midst of this crisis, Eric Holder and Stacey Abrams and other liars, they're hoping that they can get these myths out there and nobody will fact check them because there's a lot going on with Corona. No, no, not on this show. We're not doing 24 hour Corona here. We're not doing it because there's other things going on. Economic repercussions. I got a school choice. I'm telling you, this video I'm going to show you later is going to blow your mind. It's so unbelievable. I don't even want to tease anymore because I don't want to oversell it. All right. Let me get to my uh, second sponsor. And I got some, I got, we got to get to the fake news update because it's a uh, pretty profound today. The stupid is contagious. I mean, really contagious. All right. Today's show also brought to you by Joe's favorite advertiser on our show. Hands down. Joe's buddy at rock auto, rock. RockAuto.com. Rock, Joe loves it. Why? Because Joe is a do-it-yourself where he fixes his own. Joe is super handy, folks. When we put together huh? my home studio in my basement at Saverna Park, when we were doing the show out of the basement before we had all you as listeners, mm-hmm. Joe was down there with that uh, drill and drill and stuff. I was quite impressed. Joe Hi. fixes his own car. And when I took on Rock Auto as a sponsor, I didn't tell him in advance. I just started reading it. He's like, wait, wait, time out. He's like, I go to Rock Auto. I love that place. Yeah, man. You should go there too. Chain stores have different price tiers for professionals and do-it-yourselfers like Armacost. RockAuto.com's <laughs> prices are the same for everyone. They're reliably low. RockAuto.com always offers the lowest prices possible rather than changing prices based on what the market will bear like airlines do. RockAuto.com's for everyone. It does not require memberships or account logins. Ladies and gentlemen, if you're getting your car parts anywhere else, Joe, can you attest this? I'm sorry, you're making a huge mistake yeah. if you're going anywhere else. get them else. quick and they're good. It's yeah. easy to yeah. use too, right? Yep. Quick and yes. We yeah. should add that to the read next time. Joe Armacost, quick and good. Mm. Rockauto.com. <laughs> <laughs> I'll leave that one for another day. Rockauto.com is a family business serving auto parts customers online for 20 years. Go to rockauto.com shop for auto and body parts from hundreds of manufacturers. They have everything from engine control modules and brake parts to tail lamps, motor oil, and even new carpet. It's for your classic, they got it. Your daily driver, they got it too. A few easy clicks comes right to your door. Quick, right, Joe? Right there. Fast. Oh, yeah, man, real fast. Front door. Yeah. RockAuto.com catalogs, unique, super easy to use. Best of all, prices are always reliably low. I can't say that enough. Why spend and waste money on other places where you're playing twice as much? Makes no sense. Go to RockAuto.com right now. See all the parts available for your car or truck? Write Bongino is important. And how did you hear about us, that box? So they know we sent you. Write my last name in there. Amazing selection. Reliably low prices. All the parts your car will ever need. Rock Auto. All the parts your car will ever need. Yeah, I'm sorry, Rock Auto, I'm crushing your theme song. <laughs> I'm trying. I'm working on it. Yeah. RockAuto.com. Write Bongino and How Did Good You Hear job, About It. Good so job, man. Because they're great. Thank you, buddy. I appreciate yeah. it. Joe likes Rock Auto, too. All right. Getting back to our fake news. Slash, I have to add a section. Fake news slash Media propagandaler Ladies and gentlemen, let me just, before we get to our fake news segment of the day, let me reiterate something I've said often on the show. I am an avid firm supporter of our First Amendment and the freedom of the press. That no, I mean, outside of criminality, obviously. Right, right. Can't threaten people. No exceptions, full stop, period. There's no but there. Having said that, freedom of the press, as I always say, gives them the freedom to be stupid. And do they have to take us up on the offer every single time? The answer is yes, they do. Our media in this country, I'm sorry, is totally useless. It's not just that they engage again in misfeasance. They engage in malfeasance. Misfeasance, lady trips on the sidewalk. You walk past her, you don't help her out. Misfeasance, you didn't do the right thing when you could have. Malfeasance, she goes to get up and you deck her. That's malfeasance. You're actively hurting this person as they're trying to get up. The media is actively hurting us right now, some of them, by promoting propaganda and literally fake news. News that's fake. We're going to cover this every day because you're being inundated with inanities and bull. You can figure out the rest. Let's go to number one. NBC News is hilariously stupid. Richard Engel, who wants this to be called now. I'm just not I can't help it. Yeah. I, he wants it to be called the Bat Virus. The Dark Knight Returns. The Bat Virus. He wants it to be called the Bat Virus, like it's like a the George Clooney version of Batman. Bat Virus. Bat, bat- Virus. Remember that? That's oh a, yeah. you Remember the Batman show I with Adam it. West? He wants it to be called Batfire. This, is, folks, this is not. I'm not manipulating this clip. This is real. Of course, as I said to you yesterday, China is desperate for us not to get, they're hiding something. They're hiding that they destroyed evidence on the virus and they hid from the world how contagious it was when they unleashed this plague on us. So despite the fact that many viruses, West Nile, Lyme, Ebola, Ebola Zaire, uh, many of these viruses are named uh, Zika from the regions they came from, China wants to change Hundreds of years of of convention, or maybe decades, I should say, to be fair, of convention on virus naming because they don't want you to know this virus came from Wuhan, China. I'll explain why this is important. Because let me just one thing I brought up yesterday, I want to bring up today before I get to angle. I don't mean to be overly verbose about this, but it's important. I'm getting a lot of tweets and stuff. Some people like, "Uh, you know, should we really be concentrating on this right now? This, what we call it? Yes. I will explain to you why at the end of this segment. It is important. This is not some. Secondary, tertiary argument, unrelated. Ladies and gentlemen, I'll get to more of it. It's important, but this is important. Mm -hmm. It's a huge fight. Huge. First, let's play NBC's resident toolbox, Richard Engel, who wants it called the bat virus. Check this out. It's easy to scapegoat people. And that is what has always happened when there have been pandemics or epidemics uh, that foreigners are are attacked foreigners sometimes physically attacked uh if you look at what happened uh, during the the middle ages there was lots and lots of scapegoating uh, against an ethnic group or a religious group uh, whenever there were pandemics that affected the society and frightened a lot of people and uh, china certainly feels that is what happened what is happening now uh with people calling it the the wuhan flu or the wuhan virus or the the china virus this is a virus that came from the territory of china but came from bats this is a bat virus not a, uh, a china virus uh, it doesn't speak chinese it doesn't target chinese people uh, it targets human beings who happen to touch their eyes nose or or mouth we need a camera on you even paul is like you believe this this is actual commentary Man. on nbc news well, number one ladies and gentlemen people have been attacked throughout human history because of racism and stereotyping for all kinds of stupid reasons I don't recall residents of Lyme, Connecticut, named the you know Lyme disease mm-hmm. spread by ticks. I don't recall a mass violence episode in Lyme, Connecticut, against the residents of Lyme, Connecticut, after Lyme was named Lyme disease. I don't recall that. I I'm not sure either that he says you know calling it the Wuhan China. It doesn't speak Chinese. What? The virus doesn't speak, you tool bag. Are you unaware of this? Do you think it has vocal cords? Did the Spanish flu speak Spanish? This is real commentary. Do you understand China's behind all of this? Yeah. Folks, I'm not kidding when I say this. I don't know Richard Engel and I don't know his situation. Remove him from this for a moment. Are journalists out there being paid under the table? I'm not kidding, is why I don't have any other explanation as to why a concentration camp running regime like Communist China that just unleashed a plague on the world would be the subject of praise almost by media figures advancing their propaganda. I, I have no reasonable explanation for you. Is it to dunk on Trump? is it because they hate us so much they prefer the chinese over i i i'm not kidding i don't have a reasonable explanation are they being paid is it a money thing i i don't i don't know i don't know is it the sponsorship deals they have i i don't i don't know what it is again propaganda fake news segment here's the who who's also kind of suggested, don't call the China Wuhan coronavirus the Wuhan coronavirus, God forbid. Here's the WHO. They're a bevy of great information, Joe. Mm -hmm. You know, the WHO, International Bureaucracy, they're terrific. They tweeted this uh, gem out a little while ago. Please, ladies and gentlemen, do not take the WHO's advice here. This was January 14th of 2020. Preliminary investigations conducted by Chinese authorities. We can stop right there, folks. Jeez. But moving on, Joe, they have found no clear evidence of human to human transmission of the novel coronavirus identified in Wuhan, China. What? Folks, (gasps) that is entirely inaccurate. Please understand that. I was I'm not kidding. I was a little hesitant to even put up the WHO stupid tweet on the show, afraid people would stop the show here and think that's accurate. Now you're wondering why the Chinese don't want us calling it the Wuhan, China, coronavirus, maybe because China was ground zero for a disinformation propaganda campaign, including stupid information like it can't be transmitted human to human. No, it can. That is 100 percent certain. And now do you get why these media tool bags, because they have to dunk on Trump all the time? They don't care about Zika, West Nile, Rocky Mountain Spotted Fever, Lyme disease, Spanish flu. That never bothered them until Trump was president, ever. They are desperate to hide the fact that this came from China for the Chinese because the Chinese are hiding devastating information. Here's a good news. I'm trying to do good news, bad news. Here is the great Kellyanne Conway. She's, she's, we just we really enjoy her commentary here. Here is Kellyanne on the, uh, looks like she's near East Executive Avenue in the White House complex. Uh, she's asked by a reporter about some alleged comments in the White House where someone called it the Kung Flu or something like that. Some dopey name or something. But the reporter's unwilling to say who said it and is unwilling to produce evidence that someone said that to her. So Kellyanne is like, okay, it's kind of dumb to say that. Granted, that doesn't help. Chinese coronavirus helps because then we know it came from China. Kung flu is just dumb. We shouldn't be saying stuff like that. It's just stupid. Seriously, it's, it's not helpful. Here's the problem. This lady's totally unwilling, this reporter, to tell Kellyanne who said it or to produce any evidence anybody said it. So Kellyanne's like, okay, we're really focusing this over. Let's tell us who said it. We'll take care of it right now. Watch this exchange. This is priceless. Who They are. But well, hold on. You can't just say that and not name them. Tell us who it was. Come up here and tell us so, who it was. I'd like to know because I'll go inside. Yeah. Right what is your message to those staff? No, I'd like course, to know rather than excuse having me. Them in, why, excuse why me. Why that's you been alleged. alleged. No, Yimish. Excuse so me. So is that wrong? If I'm not dealing in hypotheticals. Of course it's wrong. But you can't just of make an accusation it's it's and right. not tell us who it is. Who is but it? You're Come saying, and of tell us. It's If you want to argue, I'm going to argue about standing away from each other and washing our hands and everything. But just tell us who it is. You're telling those staffers that it's wrong. Who was it? Tell us. I think we have. I think how these conversations go. I am no, I don't know. I don't know how these conversations I... go. And that's highly offensive. So you should tell us all who it is. I'd like to know who it I would is. Ask, I would I'm not going to engage in hypotheticals. Simple question. Mm-hmm. Kellyanne's given her the solution right there, Joe. It's offensive. Kellyanne Conway's husband happens to be Asian, by the way. She's like, we'll go in there right now and take care of it. Yeah, Joe, sound fair? Sounds fair. Someone said something stupid? It is, it's dumb. Let's go in and take care of it. No, no, uh, you know how these conversations go. I don't want to name it. That's a problem. We know how these conversations go. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, we know too. We know how they don't go too. Did you say it or not? Let's fix it right now. Everybody wants to handle it. Tell us who it is, out this person, and we'll take care of it. Granted, not helpful. She doesn't want to do it. Just wants to argue on, on yep. right off East exec Avenue of Kellyanne Conway because and Yamisha, whatever her name, the one who asked another. She was one of the ones yesterday. Why are we calling it the China coronavirus? She wasted her question at the press conference because there's coronavirus from China. Are you too <laughs> stupid to figure that out? <laughs> Unbelievable. Now, again, the left wing media's new talking point. I'm going to again, I'm, I'm going to end this as the wiser because you may say to yourself now, too, fairly enough. Why are we wasting time on this? No, 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 no. You're making a big mistake if you just think this is some naming issue in the middle of a crisis. No, I'm going to get to that. Don't go anywhere. Showing you what frauds these people are. Here is the left-leaning Vox with a V, not Fox with an F, Vox. Vox has been out there too. You're a racist if you call this the Wuhan coronavirus. Oh, really? Here are three headlines, three from Vox with a V. I get they must be racist, Joe. Here's headline number one. China's unprecedented quarantine to control the Wuhan coronavirus. Racist. Okay. Definitely. 100% racist. Absolutely racist. Here's another one. A tweet. People searching for information about the Wuhan coronavirus outbreak. racist. Uh, Oh, my God. Double racist. Number three. An estimated one million Muslims are being held in camps for forced indoctrination in China's northwestern province of Xinjiang. Experts say if the Wuhan coronavirus ends up there, it could spread from person to person all too easily. Definitely, definitely racist on that one. That's a triple racist. Someone needs to be fired at Vox. Clearly. Today. Yeah. Yeah, bro. You don't want racists on your staff. Vox is a far left liberal rag full of radicals. How can you have these racists on your staff? Fire them today for such poor judgment. They won't, of course. This is all stupid. They're making this up. It's a dunk on Trump episode. That's all it is. Trump's having none of it, however. Again, good news, bad news. I tweeted at him yesterday. Mr. President, don't stop calling it the Chinese coronavirus. We stop now. You're free. Sp- I'm telling you right now, free speech. Throw it right out the window. I am not kidding. Here is the President of the United States yesterday. Yesterday right next to the Oval Office, talking to the press. I want you to pay particular attention to how he refers to this deadly plague unleashed upon us. Check this out. We're using the full power of government in response to the Chinese virus. I declared a state of national emergency that will make up to $50 billion in disaster relief funds available. He gets it. You know, it's not always peaches and cream with me and politicians, anyone, president or anyone else. It's not. A lot of times I have ups and downs or things I agree with. Sometimes I don't. I was talking to Paula last night and I'm like, it's moments like that where I realize this is the right guy in charge. It is. It is. I mean, really, I, I don't worship any politicians. It's not my thing. I don't golden calf anyone. But I'm telling you, I can't think of another Republican politician right now in that position off the top of my head who probably wouldn't have folded under the pressure by China and liberal media propagandist Pravda artists over here to fold and to not call it the Chinese virus. Now, one last video is some good news too. Here's the hero we all needed today. There's a guy on CNBC. I've never heard of him in my life, but he is today's hero of the day. You have a little trophy we can put up hero of the day. He's on CNBC and talking about stocks and finances and stuff. And the, uh, Pravda-like, again, uh, host of the show, in an effort to spread Chinese propaganda, says, ah, we're not going to call it the Chinese coronavirus, although it's a coronavirus from China. We're not going to do that here. This guy, whoever he is, I'm sorry, this guy's having none of this stuff. Check this out. I think the one that we do need to do, too, though, is just let's just call it COVID-19, not Wuhan or China or, you know, coronavirus. Let's call it the COVID-19, Kyle. That, I think that'll bring us all together. Can we do that, come up with a common name? You know, Brian, I'll agree with you on a lot of things, but, you know, changing the, the naming convention for viruses that's, that's gone on for the last hundred years, the point of origin has always helped people understand which virus it is. And the Chinese Communist Party has asked the world, or actually really propagandized the world with this COVID-19. If we start naming diseases after numbers, uh, we're never going to remember what kind of disease it is. I understand. This, this, I just, I want to make sure we don't make it we, we don't take it to a country level. You know what I mean? Because this is a global fight. You would agree with that, right? You know, we call things West Nile virus. Why don't we call it the Wuhan flu? You know, we can call it whatever we want to call it. I'm not going to call it what the Chinese government wants me to call it. Direct hit. Yeah. Kyle. Direct oh. hit. <laughs> Kyle Bass, whoever you are, I've never <laughs> met you. You are the hero we all needed today. I'm not, fo- you hear him? I'm not playing this Chinese propaganda game. Forget it. You call it whatever you want. It's the Chinese coronavirus. I'm not playing your games. Good job. Takes a lot of cajones to do that. Now, I said I'd get to you why this, explain to you why this is important. Because fair enough, a lot of people are getting it, but some, and I don't mean that as a knock, because there's a lot of things going, it is a crisis. And some people, fairly enough, a couple emails, a couple tweets said, you know, why are we wasting time on this? Let's just let it go. no, 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 no. Folks, I'm being dead serious. I know, you know, we interject the show with sarcasm and humor sometimes, kind of break the dour mood these days. We'll recover from this virus. I opened up the show by telling you we already have potential treatments early, but potential treatments that could be life-changing for people infected with this. Literally life-changing. There are already vaccines in development. We will get through this. We, the world has been through pandemics before. This is not the first time, and sadly, it's certainly not the last. We've learned a lot about ourselves here. Folks, not all of it good. We're human beings. We're all sinners. We were not as resilient, not you and my audience, but collectively as I thought we'd be during this. We can do better. But we always do better. We always learn from these things. Always. We've come out of world wars. Regional wars, we've learned a lot about ourselves, too. We've seen incredible heroism in those wars. There have been some mistakes, financial mistakes. Hopefully, we learn from them, too. Hopefully, we learn from this one. But I think what's different about the United States and the people who were born here and who come here is there's a different fighting spirit. There's a reason you want to be here and escape from countries where there's big nanny states. You don't want to be taken care of. You want to take care of yourself. We've had that, quote, rugged individualism. We'll get through this. We will definitely kick this virus's ass long-term if it had one. But we can never recover, ever. This country, as you know it, will be permanently scarred and changed if we allow a foreign, tyrannical communist government that through massive amounts of misinformation and malfeasance inflicted a plague upon the world to change the way all of us freely speak as we always had for decades about pathogens because they want it done. It will change the media. It will change free speech. It will change. Free speech, ladies and gentlemen, is not free if it's coerced by people with moneyed interests. It doesn't matter if the First Amendment changes or not. The Constitution, ladies and gentlemen, and the First Amendment—I'm uh, sorry—it's—it's—it's a—it's a piece of parchment that only matters if we believe it matters. You can say we have the right to free speech all you want, but if we allow Chinese propaganda and moneyed influence in China and worldwide tyrannical influence in China to change the way we speak permanently because they wanted to avoid any accountability for the plague they unleashed upon the world. It is over. The First Amendment is meaningless. It is worthless. It is not a right if we don't believe it's a right. I don't waste my time on social media, on Twitter, Parler, Facebook, and I don't. When I tweet about, so you'll see, if you follow me on Twitter and parlor, you'll see it comes in clusters. I'm at D. Bongino. I have not stopped tweeting about this for three days. Because there's a bigger fight out there. We will get through this. We're doing everything we can. We will not get through this if we allow our media to be bribed or bought off by a foreign government that is clearly not our friend. There will be no other side to this. It's a huge fight. It's not about a name. It's about are we a free country now or not? Or are we stuck in China's back pocket forever? That's what this is about. And that's why I spent the last three days tweeting about the Wuhan coronavirus. Don't even answer racism. It's racist. China's not a race. It's a country, you morons. These liberal idiots. This has nothing to do with the Chinese people. They were the biggest victims in Wuhan. It's their tyrannical government and everybody knows it. It's a bigger fight. It's not about a name. It is about what this country stands for. And is free speech just a a line in in our founding documents? Or does it actually matter and is it worth defending? We will not be silenced on this show. Had a conversation with a guy from the gym yesterday. I told him the same thing. I don't care. I Listen, you have my word. We will not be silenced here. No matter what. All right, I've got some more to get to. Some economic news It's important because this should have been a wake-up call to big government spenders. I want to talk about some things that could happen here, some good news, bad news. Um, it's going to require some guts in D.C., but this is going to be an important segment. Stay tuned. we got one last sponsor today. Our friends at, excuse me, Ollie. We love Ollie. Why? Because, we, you know, we've kind of like semi-adopted my mother-in-law's dogs, Baby and Linda, who we love to death. They're so cute. They're a little older, but they've never looked better. Why? Because we feed them Ollie. They won't eat anything else, as a matter of fact. Ollie, O-L-L-I-E. We love Ollie. Your dog's health is as important as every other member of the family. It starts with what you feed them. But do you know what's in your dog's food? That cheapo kibble's really rough. Ollie puts dogs first with vet-formulated recipes and fully transparent ingredients to give your dog the healthiest food possible. Ali makes fresh meals for your dogs with real ingredients that, no kidding, people can eat and delivers them to you on a regular schedule. I don't even like calling it dog food because it's food for dogs. Dog food has that negative connotation. It's gross. This is like if you made a piece of steak and you gave a piece of steak to you. It's not dog food. It's food you can give to the dog. This is food, high quality food humans can eat. They beat out store-bought dog food on a palatability scale. means it tastes good. They're 10 to one. Smoked them. That's because they create customized, vet-formulated recipes with all-natural ingredients. No preservatives and fresh from U.S. family farms. Go to com. Answer a few questions about your dog and they'll customize recipes to your dog and ship pre-portioned meals so your dog gets the perfect portion every time. They've delivered an astounding 5 million meals. Shipping is free. And if your dog doesn't like the meals, send them right back. They have a money-back guarantee. They will. My, My two won't eat anything else. Ollie's offering our listeners, get a load of this, 60, not 6, 60, percent 6 off, plus a free bag of treats at myali.com slash try, T-R-Y, slash Bongino, B-O-N-G-I-N-O. This is the best deal they have available anywhere. Go to myollie.com slash try, slash Bongino for 60% off, plus a free bag of treats, spelled my dot slash try, slash Bongino. Go today. Your dogs will love this stuff. It's terrific. All right, so the economy. Yeah, we're not going to do corona 24-7. And get that uh, hysteria on CNN or MSNBC if you're into fake news. But the economy has become a significant fallout factor from what's happened with this pathogen. A couple of things here. There will be economic papers written about the response to this pandemic for probably 10 years. All you economists out there know that. After the financial crisis of 2008, books and papers were written in in mounds as high as, uh, I mean, miles high. You're going to see that about this. We are going to test a lot of things. Ladies and gentlemen, what I'm worried about is we may be at the red line into a very dangerous spot when it comes to government debt, and we may not even know it. And like any other emergency, health or financial, it's only an emergency, Joe, because it kicks you in the cajones when you didn't see it coming. Mm. If you saw it coming, it wouldn't be an emergency. Kind of like the housing crisis where everybody one day was whistling Dixie and the next day Bear Stearns was going under. If everybody would have saw that coming, they would have sold their stocks, but they didn't. That's why it was an emergency. Unfortunately, that's what's going to happen with our debt crisis if we don't do something fast. Interesting piece by the Wall Street Journal. It's written. Um, with, it's it's in the news section. It's not in the opinion section, but it's written with kind of a leftist slant, but it's all right. It's still worth reading. Wall Street Journal, coronavirus pandemic to test the limits of how much debt the United States can bear. Ladies and gentlemen, it's a key question. Federal Reserve is a capacity by massive amount of bonds if investors balk. What they're basically saying is, when folks, when does it stop? I, I don't know any other way to... When does it stop and when does the United States spending money it doesn't have? What debt is. If you spend money you Mm -hmm. don't have, it, it has to be lent to you. People are buying U.S. bonds, giving the United States government money, both domestically and foreign governments. The United States is spending it. It owes those people money. How much can you spend that you don't have before your entire house collapses? Again, it's not difficult to understand on the micro level. There comes a point where individuals who've taken on so much debt declare bankruptcy. Why? What typically happens? They lose the ability to pay it back. When they lose the ability to pay it back, interest charges starting adding up. Sooner or later, the interest is more than you can pay every month. So what happens? The interest you don't pay gets piled into the principal, which leads to more interest you can't pay, which leads to a spiraling out of control of your debt. And Remember, don't ever forget, all debts are paid. Don't be a liberal here like some of our liberal listeners don't understand that. All debts are paid, as Milton Friedman would say, either by the debtor or the creditor. Either the person taking the loan pays the debt back and pays it, or the person who lent you money and never gets it back paid the loan. They gave you the money. It's gone. They never got it back. All debts are paid. All. No debt is canceled. Ever. Ever. The question now, how much debt can we take on? And if we are reaching the red zone and we don't know it, like we didn't know we were reaching the housing crisis red zone either. When does that day come? From that piece, I've warned you about interest rates, how interest rates will be that sign. The problem is interest rates jump quickly. And once they jump, it's hard to get them under control again. Quote, talking about all this government debt we're piling on right now. However, there is a risk. Bond investors could revolt against the sheer scale of bond issuances from the treasury that's about to hit the market and demand higher yields on those bonds in return. That would mean, I'm going to translate this for you in a minute. That would mean higher interest costs for the government and for many other kinds of borrowing benchmarks to treasury securities, mortgages, car loans, business loans. Economists call it crowding out when government borrowing hurts the private sector. Bingo. They read the term bond vigilantes and things like that. Ladies and gentlemen, people who hold bonds are the people lending the government money to spend it doesn't have. Could be you. You buy a government bond, you're lending the government money. Could be foreign investors, institutional investors, retail investors. You are lending the government money. At what point, as this article accurately states, do people investing in those bonds expecting to get their money back, all debts are paid. At what point do they say, They're never going to pay this back and start to panic. Then what do they do? They try to sell their bonds quick, which floods the markets with bonds, which all of a sudden you see prices and yields move in different directions. Either uh, totally collapses the prices of these bonds. Yields go through the roof. Why? Because the government now was lending money at, say, 1%. excuse me, was borrowing money at 1% from people. You're lending it to them. Joe, stop me if it doesn't make sense. All of a sudden, when people start to panic and realize they're not going to get their money back, they're like, no, no, 1% isn't good enough anymore. This is too risky. Um, I want 5%. And then the other guy panics and goes, five? No, no, I want 10. Right. And then the other guy goes, no, that's not, I want 15. Now, all of a sudden, the government's borrowing money at 15%. It can't possibly pay back at those interest rates. Do you have any idea what $23 trillion looks like at 15% interest? Oh, oh. Oh, it's right. Do you have any idea what would happen? All of this is about to be tested. Folks, this is real trouble. What's the secondary problem for you? Not only will your government go broke, there are benchmark loans that are benchmarked to certain treasury securities. Treasury-denominated assets, mortgages, car loans, business loans, et cetera. If the federal government's interest rate, forget 15, that's a dramatic example. Say we were to go to 8 to 9% from the 1% it is now on the 10-year. 10-year note. You want to borrow a car at uh, 10% interest? You want to bar- get a mortgage loan at 10%? Joe, remember those days in the 80s when mortgages were 10% plus? No, I sure do. Yeah. wasn't fun, was it? No. People are coming in going, what monthly payment can I afford? I can afford $500. Really? Because 496 of that's going to be interest. Mm-hmm. How does that sound for you? Those days were real. So for our younger listeners, who I love having on the show in college now, go back and look at mortgage rates in the 80s. You grew up in the 3 4% mortgage era. That wasn't the 80s. My aunt got a mortgage at, what is it, 14 15%? Yeah. Yeah, that sounds about right. Yeah would crush our economy. That's going to happen when investors start to wake up that the government has a certain red line of debt where the investors start to feel they're not going to get paid back. The only question here is what number is that red line? And when it hits, none of us are going to see it coming. 1%, 2%, 5%, 10%, that's how it happens. Like that, in a snap. Now you would think this would be a wake-up call for big government spenders in both the Republican and Democrat Party because they're in both parties, sadly. to say what? as I tweeted out yesterday, you would think they would say now, listen, we're in real financial trouble. This is going to be a massive bailout package for the American economy to offset the debt load we're going to take on that could lead to catastrophe, interest rates and elsewhere if bond investors start to say now we're not lending you anymore we are going to dramatically cut spending and we're going to do it in the next budget. That would send a signal to those bond investors that the U.S. government is serious about getting a hand on the debt. Nobody's interested in doing that because they're not serious people, a lot of them, who don't understand even basic economics. They won't do it. They are going to spend you up to the red line and the only thing that's going to stop them is when people stop lending the money demanding 10% interest. You'd think this would be a wake-up call to not overspend when good times are happening. Folks, you know what kind of slush fund we could have put together in these past few years of good economic growth and under the recoveries in the the Bush year, even under the dreadful recovery in the Obama year, the worst in America. And we still recovered. It was less than 2%, but we did. Do you know how much money we could have squirreled away if we would have simply reformed our spending processes? We didn't. Now we have nothing. Interesting article in the journals, a proposal from uh, John Cochran, who does great work. Talking about how, listen, there are other proposals out there that it could make sense. We can't just keep throwing out money like this without any sense of what the end result's going to be. John Cochran, how to treat the financial symptoms of COVID 19. Goes on, takeaway number one. We need to make a lot of this stuff loans, folks. We just don't have the money. It's not going to help these businesses if we start spending trillions of dollars we don't have and they can't get loans later on. He says money troubles spread like a virus. When a business can't pay, its creditors, employees, investors, and banks are all in trouble. And if people worry the banks and other institutions are going to fail, they run to get money out and then we have a legitimate crisis, a real crisis, financial, not health. If a wave of businesses fail, those businesses aren't around to turn, back, to turn back on again. People who are fired need to find new jobs. Bankrupt businesses need to reorganize and find new owners, managers, and employees. Businesses that can reopen must find suppliers, and everyone needs credit. All this takes time and resources and drags down the economy. I'm not saying any of this is inevitable. I'm not saying the government has a perfect solution right now. I'm suggesting to you that whatever we do right now should be matched by concrete legislation in the future, put down on paper and a promise to the American people to cut this spending later, government spending. Here's this part about the loans and liquidity. Right now, ladies and gentlemen, there's a liquidity crisis, meaning people can't get access to cash they need in businesses. No question. But he says lending is better than transfers. Since loans must be paid back, larger amounts can go where they're needed. Small business administration loans are a good start, but most businesses and most employment is large business. Large firms are often even more cash poor and ad hoc to nervous creditors, and they're harder to replace or revive if they fail. Lend with the head, not with the heart. People may seem more worthy than corporations, but we need corporations to hire people when it's over. We need to protect your job. We can work on programs for the individuals as well. Payroll taxes, tax credits in advance. I have no issue with that. It may be a good idea right now. This is not a crisis we imposed upon ourselves. It was imposed upon us. I have no issue with that. But falling into partisan talking points based on stupid economics, liberals are pumping out. They're like, this isn't a bailout for corporations. Where do you think these people work, you liberal knuckleheads? You want everybody to lose their jobs? I have my own corporation. We work for a business corporation. So evil. You want to lay off all the Ford employees? We got Ford, a corporation. We really stuck it to them. What are you, an idiot? Those gas companies, get get them out of business. Pharmaceuticals, they're all evil. You want to fire, you know, half the American workforce because of your stupid talking points? Oh my gosh. The insanity out there is crazy. All right, I'm running out of time. I got to move on here. I um, I know I had a, some other stuff, but I'll have to get to it tomorrow. Uh, quick TDS update: Trump derangement syndrome level six. I may have to add a level seven. Here is the um, I don't even know how to describe this guy. Ever ridiculous Rick Wilson. Uh, you know, probably the worst political commentator in the history of max headroom, like talking heads on cable news. <laughs> Rick Wilson thought it was real funny to tweet out yesterday. Check this little gem out from uh, 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 the dreadful body odor carrying Rick Wilson. Uh, picture Melania Trump on CNN. Uh, he tweets hashtag be infected. Um, yeah. Okay, Rick. Uh, that's Jeez. Uh, now again, I, I yeah, but that's who Rick is. You know, I told you the story a couple of times. I, I, I just, I'm sorry. It's like one of those transformative moments, you know, When I was in graduate school for psychology, you know, one trial learning is almost unheard of in human beings. You know, one trial learning is like, if you learn to hit a baseball, Joe, can you learn how to hit a baseball like a major leaguer in in one swing? Hmm. No, one trial learning is almost unheard of. You don't learn a math problem in one swing. Um, You don't get one trial. There's one thing in nature that is really bizarre. Um, Taste aversion. We can learn that in one trial. It's a defensive mechanism to stay alive. In other words, if you taste something that gets you sick, this happened to me when I was a kid. I ate a piece of awful bad cheese. I, might even, I never ate cheddar cheese again. Not a joke. Your brain learns in one trial, in many cases of eating food that poisons you, to never touch that food again. It's a, a natural selection mechanism. Right. But that doesn't happen anywhere else. You don't learn to do a podcast in one episode. <laughs> Why do I bring that up in reference to Rick Wilson? Because I learned to avoid Rick Wilson in one trial when I ran into him in the Delta terminal in LaGuardia about four or five months ago and his body odor was so bad. I'm not, it's not a joke. This guy had a cloud of BO around him that I couldn't, it was really tough to take. I'm just throwing that out there. Rick thinks I'm obsessed with it. It was, it was so bad. I can't get the corpse like stench out of my, I learned it in one trial. I will be avoiding Rick and his bubble um, anytime I see him <laughs> in the future, because it really was dreadful. But that's who—it's not a joke. <laughs> yeah, that's who Rick Wilson is. He's like that character from the Peanuts. What was it? What's this? What was this, the smelly guy? Uh, Pigpen. <laughs> yeah. Pig ah, yeah, there you go. That dude. That's right. All right. Last story. I told you I get to this video. It's important. Where is it? We have. Oh, here we go. So folks, you know, school choice is a big deal for me. Always, it's always been a big yeah. deal. Why? Because I'm a de facto product of it. My family didn't have a lot of money. Local Catholic school took us on. We didn't pay all the time. Sometimes we did, sometimes we didn't. Um, but really, I, I can speak the English language and I believe have been a success, relatively speaking, I guess. Um, you know, I don't want to gauge in self-praise, but because of teachers, great teachers and people who taught me in good schools, because I had a choice. And I wish that on others as well. It's been a big issue for me in a long time. But I have never seen a short piece of video so sum up. Biased identity politics laden, class warfare, liberals. Yeah, let's not us. That's liberals. Liberals fight against school choice. Better than this 10, 15 seconds of video, where this woman who apparently doesn't like school choice, listen to what she says about poor people. This is un, this is really hard to believe. This is um, by the way, a uh, hat tip, what was it, Corey? I'm sorry, I forgot. Your name. I'll put it out tomorrow. I, forgot, I saw it on Twitter and this is just worth your time. I don't I don't know this woman and I'm not, I'm not imputing her character or anything. I'm just suggesting that this is really endemic of a real problem if you actually believe this. Check this out. I'm troubled by the lack of oversight. I'm trying to figure out how the outcomes will be measured and what controls are in place for, pub- for spending public money. Um, I think everybody knows, everybody in this room knows what happens when poor people are given a choice. And I think that this bill is... I think it's a bad idea. Listen, she may be a very nice woman. I'm serious. I'm not looking to, like, make someone an infamous viral star, nor should anybody do that or target anyone. She may have just said something dumb. But, folks, I've heard commentary like that when I was hosting a terrestrial radio show and School Choice came up over and over. Well, we can't give them. Them? Who's them? It's us. It's not them. What do you mean them? Like, it's an alien species? Can't give them School Choice. We all know what's going to happen to poor people if you give them a choice. No, we don't. Please explain. We were poor. It worked out pretty good for me. Really bad. I mean, unfortunately, that's how liberals think. Hey, thanks for everyone who watched my YouTube yesterday. YouTube did really well. I think you liked the ending. me and Paula <laughs> playing up on Joe Biden's failure to get off the stage. We appreciate it. Please subscribe to our YouTube channel, youtube.com slash Bongino. We really appreciate it. It's free. Of course, we're trying to get the 400,000 subscribers. We're almost there. Got less than 20,000 more to go. We really appreciate it. I'll see you all tomorrow. You just heard the Dan Bongino show. Follow Dan on Twitter, 24 seven at DBongino.